0: Coming live to you from Los Angeles, California. I am Sheeta and this is A.O.C. Hey, hey, yeah. hey guys, I want to shoot, baby. Okay, okay. How is everyone doing? I hope everyone is doing well, wherever you are listening from. That sounded off a bit racist, didn't it? (laughs) I swear I wasn't trying to sound Mexican. That just happened. I'm still feeling the LA vibes. Um... If you have been tuning in to me from the past four episodes, you should know who I am by now. If you don't, it's okay. Shida is the name and welcome to A Dossier where all the untapped conversations in your head is legally touched. Right, formalities aside, I am not going to present you with an apology for my long absence, which we both know is stale and useless by now because uh, it's been five months since my last episode. Good job. <laughs> I know. Guilt is subconsciously starting to catch up with me because I'm beginning to realize that I often start my episodes with apologies. Whoops! Some of you might know, or not, that I just came back from the States a couple of days ago after a 3 months visit. It was mostly because I was visiting my boyfriend and it was also a chance for me to gather my perspective, creativity, and to recenter my focus on what I really want to accomplish, if I plan to retire by 50 hopefully. I'd have to admit, 2018 wasn't that smooth for me. It wasn't necessarily bad. I was just in transition of picking myself up from a really bad state of mind and heart. But hey, could have been worse. I am back with a bag from that awesome sabbatical. Before I dive into today's topic, I just want to say that I really love America. Come on! Not particularly because my boyfriend is a citizen and lives there. But because whenever I travel, I always find myself quick to fall in love with their people or history. Maybe it's because I have it in my head that we are all interconnected. Wait, how many cities have I visited now? Let me think. Kuala Lumpur, Phuket, Krabi, Seoul, Yogyakarta, Rome, London, Paris... Los Angeles, San Diego, and Colorado. 11? Yeah. Arizona and Philippines were for layovers. So yeah, 11. (laughs) I remembered um, telling my boyfriend of how worried I was getting into the States. Because as all of you know, I am a Muslim. And let's face it, we all know how we are generalized by Dear Mr. President. Mind you, with an S at the end, plus all the awful shootings that has been happening wasn't helping at all. But, but, it turned out way better than I expected. In short, within that three blissful months, not only did I fall in love with a wonderful human being, (laughs) I managed to fall head over heels for a place called Uray in Colorado. Now, I may be smart enough, but I am not well versed on whether to call it a city or a county. I think I'm making my boyfriend really proud right now despite his tireless explanations. (laughs) However, Google it. Besides, words are an understatement to describe that place. It's really beautiful. Then, I fell in love with how much San Diego reminds me of Singapore. And of course, finally... Hmm, Los Angeles. Honestly, I didn't miss home so much because I was surprised at how much of a melting pot that place is. For God's sakes, the household that I was living in was a mixture of blood: African American, Caribbean, Persian, Greek, and then there's me, Asian Singaporean Malay. And and the view guys And doing some other illegal stuff. <laughs> All my boyfriend had to do to please me was take me on a drive in Los Angeles. That's all. I'm cheap like that. <laughs> now I know how it feels like to be proud living in Los Angeles. Nothing comes close to the view. Mulholland, sold. Speaking of which, I realize I need to discover a country in which I don't hate its government. Not gonna do you guys know any? <laughs> I can't think of any right now. Okay. On a more serious note, The whole world watched with what happened in America. That election, that wall saga, Harvey Weinstein, Kavanaugh, Kanye, yes, and everything else. I always write and record episodes for my podcast with one aim in mind which is to always try to bring everyone together, be it in a funny, sarcastic manner, or addressing the conversations that no one wants to talk about, I try to erase any definitive lines. Hence, in this episode, episode 5, Flavors of English, I am to do just that by exploring the much disorientated comparisons of the American English versus the British English in my own experience. Controversial fun, step into the rabbit hole. Being a citizen of Singapore and living here for 30 years and 7 months of my life, the English language that I grew up with was and still is the British English. Hi colonizers! (laughs) I think I might have picked up bits and pieces of the American English and accent Due to my connection with a rather specific American man. Hmm. When I was living in LA, on different occasions, my ego would be slightly bruised because I thought I was really good at English and I would constantly pick a fight with my boyfriend over pronunciations. Bless his heart for being so patient with me. (laughs) I admit that I was one of those people who was aloof and biased that the British English was the quote-unquote proper English. Just because I grew up with it and I love writing poetry. The correct term would be formal English instead of proper because none of them are deemed right or wrong. As we go along in this podcast, I will explain further. However, naturally, as a writer, you would turn to formal English for your writings. So forgive me. Similar to the comparison of my Malay language versus the Bahasa Indonesian language, it has been a constant debate issue between the American English versus the British English, the U in color, garage versus garage, the S in the word organization versus the Z, past tense verbs, etc. It is funny but true that there is an old saying, United States and Great Britain, are two nations divided by a common language. Brits will say that Americans don't speak proper English and vice versa. But really look at it. What's really happening is it's just national pride. That's all. Which is both a good thing and bad thing. Now, as how I resolve arguments in life, in breathe. With all the research that I have gathered, I am going to begin with the differences of both the languages, followed by the similarities, and then finally the conclusion. Lego. Before we proceed to make comparisons, we have to understand the different influences and factors that these two languages are placed upon. For example, the war that they went through, the countries that colonizes them, the immigrants that settle in their countries, and so forth. Obviously, the original English is the British English as it is much older than the American English. This is because according to an article, English came to North America via the first British settlement that eventually via George Washington became the United States. During the 1700s, English was still an open language and even the British did not have formal standards for spelling. In the 1750s, the English writer Samuel Johnson established what was adopted as a standard British English dictionary. About 60 years later, an American lexicographer, Noah Webster, established what was adopted as the Standard American English Dictionary. Webster Dictionary? Yes. He was the one that put it all together and published it. Merriam, on the other hand, is just a publisher. Anyways, as America was keen to distance itself from Britain and Webster wanted to rationalize certain forms of spelling, the Americans adopted what some Brits refer to as quote-unquote, wrong spelling. Speaking of that, I can't blame my boyfriend now for always saying that I am saying words wrongly. Now we all know where they came from. (laughs) I love you. However, both languages have spelling standards, so from this angle, they are both consistent. While many Brits are quick to denounce Americanisms where they see them, even ones that, as we have seen, came from England first, quite a few words of American invention have been adopted into British English, including belittle, cloudburst, blizzard, cafeteria, cocktail, talented reliable and influential american english has influences not present in england a new landscape new animals and new people, not just those who were already there when the Europeans arrived but immigrants from continental Europe, as well as African slaves brought over to work on the plantations. Spanish gave many words useful in the southwest, such as canyon, coyote, mesa, and tornado. French handed over words such as prairie, bureau. Dutch gave words such as bluff, boss, and waffle. Germans gave pretzels. Sauerkraut. The African languages of the slaves gave words such as goober, jambalaya, and the synonym gumbo. Later, immigrant groups brought more words. Many words were also taken, somewhat usually altered, from the indigenous cultures. Example, moose, raccoon, caribou, opossum, skunk, hickory, pecan, squash, and toboggan. So, in conclusion... If you ask me which is better, I would say both are good because just like the article mentioned, it's pretty much the same as the Coca-Cola versus Pepsi competition. Some like Coke, some like Pepsi. They both have yet consistencies and inconsistencies, you know? However, you know what I think the most challenging part of English is? I think it's teaching it to the kids kids are vicious. You can't spell properly, you can't pronounce properly, or you can't speak English are some of the attacks that you would most definitely hear. Now to resolve this, and I think I would do this to myself with my future kids, I would keep it in Oxford and a Webster dictionary in my household and let them decide for themselves. Ta This is gonna sound really bad but i'm gonna say it anyways honestly i think that english is a selfish language I know, I know but you have to understand where i'm coming from i don't only speak english this only happened to me when i learned of the korean language it's true for those of you who are familiar with the korean language you know what i'm talking about In English, I comes first in an explanatory sentence, but in Korean, whatever the intention of the sentence is, I is never placed first. Nevertheless, I love languages. I like how I can use it as a weapon to intimidate people. And just because of the differences in languages doesn't mean we should give glares when someone else speaks out of our norm. Because is the language really ours? I feel like language is borrowed from many different cultures, like how some Malay words are so similar to the Filipino language, Tagalog. Sure you can correct them, but just be tactful. To me, languages are supposed to join the dots. Some languages have specific words that amounts up to a description while others take more than one word. You guys want to know what my favorite word is? It's actually a Russian word called Toska. I think I am saying it correctly. I think. <laughs> I just feel we should equip ourselves with more languages and make use of our brain space instead of using it for hate. If it erases the gap and, you know, make us understand each other better why not take up a new language right anyways i hope you guys enjoy episode 5 as much as i did i hope i didn't make you guys wait for too long <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> now that i'm back in singapore content uh, should be published as per usual timings as always if you do have any suggestions or just about anything Do drop by our Twitter or Instagram page, okay? With that, I hope you have a good day or evening, depending on wherever you are. Until we meet again, bye!